faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. It's a vicious cycle. First, the media tells the lies aimed at creating left-wing violence in the streets. Then, they justify the left-wing violence in the streets and cover up for those who do it while they commit a reign of terror on whatever city they've descended upon. The media began the weekend with another round of lies about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Unbelievable that they're still telling these lies when they've been thoroughly debunked from the courtroom. But it didn't matter. This is a montage of media lies after they were debunked in that courtroom, told going into the weekend. Rittenhouse drove in from Illinois armed for battle. He knew outrage already ran high. What we know now is that the jury bought the narrative of Kyle Rittenhouse being a victim. And the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist, and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know these people have access to instituting uh, laws. Welcome to the modern Republican Party. This is what these people want, and this is what a majority of white people vote for. It's a warning to every white suburbanite with a Black Lives Matter poster in their window. They, too, can be shot by a white 17-year-old with an AR-15 if he feels threatened by their desire to see America live up to its potential. That left Fox News hosts with their jaws hanging open. I rarely play a reaction like this. But it happened on live TV. Listen to their reaction on Fox News to that montage of lies. You know, Ainsley and Steve, I guess I thought, and this is my naivety at this point, I guess I thought that after Kyle Rittenhouse's acquittal, the defamation would stop. The lies would stop. Mm. But what you saw right there was after the verdict. That was a CBS News report saying he drove across state lines armed for battle. That's just a flat-out lie. He didn't, as we were discussing, carry a gun across state lines. Just a lie. It didn't happen. But then the vile racism, and I think this has to be pointed out, vile racism funded by Comcast and NBC because what you saw was on MSNBC calling him a murderous white supremacist with zero evidence. And then that guest saying, this is what white people want. We have to call us out for what it is. It's lies, it's propaganda, but that's only superseded by the vile racism in these comments. And before the weekend was out, the media got the violence they wanted. The violence they deliberately foment. Except this one doesn't exactly fit or help the narrative. So I'm thinking it'll disappear in 48 hours. Yep, Daryl Edward Brooks, 39-year-old black male with a long history of criminality, criminal convictions, who is also, by the way, a registered sex offender. Not that that's ever bothered the left at all. Actually, it appears, believed this rhetoric and went plowing through a Christmas street celebration in a mostly white area. He killed five people so far and injured at least 40. Like I said, this story will disappear quickly. Number one, he's the wrong color. Number two, his internet history, including posts encouraging black people to commit violence against white people. In other words, it appears, at least at first glance, that the perp here actually did what the media accused Kyle Rittenhouse of doing, a racially motivated crime. For no other reason that he believed the media rhetoric and was mad. In fact, he has posted 
different rap songs he's recorded under the handle Matt Boy Fly, one of which is entitled Minnesota. And it covers familiar racial grievance territory. Name checks BLM icons George Floyd and Eric Garner while asserting that we should burn it down. Another post referred to white people as the enemy. His rap songs are full of F Trump, F the pigs, by that he means the police, and exhortations to violence. In other words, he's exactly the kind of guy who might react violently to the media's racist lies, the kind of individual who might be set off by them. So the cover-up began immediately. If this had been a Trump supporter, all of his posts would have already been pulled and they'd be running on a loop in the mainstream media. Instead, as I record this podcast, I've gone to the Associated Press, like their main news site, uh, APnews.com. The lead story is this. SUV driver in parade crash may have been fleeing a crime. Not a word about his internet post, which may have also pointed to why he mowed down people with his car in a highly white area. So the same media is at it again. The same media that still refers to Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist without one single shred of evidence that he's ever been involved in white supremacy or has any racist thoughts of any kind. Yep. Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist, but this actual black supremacist, which there's ample evidence of from his post, we're not even going to discuss his hatred. It's so typical of the media. While right-wing media has now got his post all over the place and is asking a perfectly legitimate question, is this guy a black supremacist and is this a terrorist attack? The media, the mainstream media, which started the whole round of this with their lies is suppressing his posts while diverting the public's attention away from his black supremacy with anything else they can distract us with. In a weird way, Daryl Brooks is not only a murderer, but a victim. Why? Because he actually believed the media's rhetoric. Think about it for a minute. If white supremacist Nazis were actually trying to take over America, And there were a lot of them, and half the country supported them. Why, it'd be incumbent upon you to do something to stop them, maybe even something violent. Simple things like laws probably shouldn't morally stand in your way of the fight that's needed, the revolution you need to be a part of. That's how these people think. They, too, the weak-minded criminal element are victims of a mainstream media that lies to them and uses them. But I want to get quickly to the final word on Kyle Rittenhouse and the verdict. Nobody nails this better today than Paul Meeringoff, writing at Powerline. To leftists and the prosecutors who did their bidding, he writes, Kyle Rittenhouse's offense wasn't any of the things he was charged with. He clearly had an unassailable defense to all the charges against him. But that didn't matter because Rittenhouse was guilty of something else. 
showing up armed at a leftist riot or, as the left called it, vigilanteism. The Rittenhouse prosecution and the demonization of Rittenhouse by the left, including the left-wing media, stems from a simple premise. Leftists, including Antifa and BLM, have the right to take to the streets causing chaos and property damage. And when they do, those who disagree with them must stand aside while leftists run riot. If they don't stand aside, they have no right to defend themselves against members of the mob who come after them, even if someone points a gun at them, as Groskowitz did, holding it execution style to Rittenhouse's head. Now, this is where this started, folks. This is where this became, for the left, something they were entitled to do. And Goff nails it. That premise was stated explicitly by then-mayor of Baltimore at the time of the Freddie Gray rioting, which helped kick off the current wave of mob violence. She admitted that she gave the violent protesters who wished to destroy space to do that. I'll never forget it. She actually said that she held the police back in order to let them destroy part, not all, but part of the city to get it out of their system. It then became an entitlement to the left. They would be allowed to destroy if they had a valid moral grievance, but nobody else would. And anybody who got in their way would be punished, beaten, maybe even in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, killed. They're not joking about this. It's a key feature of the dual justice system, which shares two sides of the coin. There's the one we're familiar with, where leftists can get away with doing whatever they want. But there's the other side where it's made very clear to the right that you can't do anything you want, that the left is above the law and you are not allowed to stop them. Want some history? Let's walk back down memory lane to the summer of love and more than a billion dollars of destruction. A record, the insurance industry said, in the left-wing publication Axios. Let's just go through a little bit of it. Here's Nicole Hannah-Jones of the New York Times explaining that the left, nobody else but the left, has the right to destroy property. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. Here's Patrice Kellers explaining what Black Lives Matter is really about. We are very obsessed with property damage. Um, Property damage is seen as sort of like the pinnacle of destruction and violence. Want to hear it from the mainstream media? Folks, and this is just a sample of what I have in my sound vault. Here's Chris Cuomo explaining that it's okay if you're a leftist to be violent, just not anybody else. And this is on CNN. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. In the eyes of the law, yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. When someone comes to call out bigots and it gets hot, even physical, are they equally wrong as the bigot they are fighting? I argue no. Fighting against hate matters. Now, how you fight matters, too. There's no question about that. But drawing a moral equivalency between those espousing hate and those fighting it because they both resort to violence emboldens hate legitimizes hateful belief and elevates what should be stamped out. This is why the media is enraged. This is why the left is enraged. The way they see it, it's already been established that they have the moral authority to burn down whatever they want 
and no one has the moral authority to stop them. Think I'm making this up? Listen to the wording of the tweet by dirtbag representative and Democrat Jerry Nadler demanding that the Department of Injustice and the FBI lie investigate the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Why does it need to be investigated? Here's Jerry in his own words. Justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines looking for trouble while people engage in First Amendment protected protests. Oh, my God. Literally in the Rittenhouse situation, it started because he was putting out the fires they were setting with a fire extinguisher. That's why they decided to kill him. And that is literally what the crowd was chanting. Now, Nadler's lying. He didn't cross state lines armed with anything. But the idea that anyone would stop their violence is what has them so enraged. Again, they thought they'd established an absolute right to do it without any interference and the media cheering them on. That absolute right the media established may have just cost five people their lives in Wisconsin. If it did, you'll never hear it from the mainstream media. We'll know, but they'll never admit it. Their rhetoric kills. It's been killing for more than a year now and destroying cities, laying waste to everything in its way. But this time, thankfully, a jury in Kenosha said no. No more. Nope. We know that the people who did this weren't heroes, the way the prosecution claimed. They were street thugs, the Democrats' darlings. And we don't appreciate what they did to our city. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.